ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a podcast and radio show for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and back with us once again this week, Father Andrew Dickinson. Good to hear your voice, Father. Good to hear yours. Thanks. Um, Before we get into today's topic, just a reminder, Father and I both uh, appreciate, enjoy, um, so far at least, (laughs) listener feedback. Haven't gotten any hate mail yet. Shouldn't say that. Actually, I'm not superstitious, so I'm going to say it. Um, Thank you for not sending hate mail. But if you do have any any questions about uh, anything we've said in past episodes, ideas for future episodes, something that you'd like us to talk about, something you've been wondering, um, you know, we, we, we don't get so much. Uh, email that, that we've got enough to do a whole Q&A episode, but certainly uh, if you've got a topic, uh, Father and I would be open to uh, to discussing it. We've, we've done that several times in the past. So anything like that, email me, uh, email Chris, myself, cbergwald at sfcatholic.org, C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. Uh, so Father, um, Lent is a month away. Yeah, that it is. It's, Arch Madness uh, is almost upon us. Arch Madness, exactly. <laughs> means different things depending on the context. Yes, it does. Uh, but we're actually not going to look forward uh, in this episode. We're kind of going to look back or at least um, reflect on something from the recent past. Father, I, I, my understanding is you you, uh, you partied pretty hard for New Year's. That's what I heard. Uh, no, I just had a horrible head cold. Oh, that's too bad. Your sources are wrong. <laughs> Darn those sources. I wouldn't even say mistaken. I'm just going to say They're just wrong. Yeah. Um, I'll get back at them. So, no, what were you doing for, apart from suffering from a head cold, what'd you do for New Year's this year? Well, last year? Whatever. What'd you do at the turn of the year, Father? Uh, well, uh, if you mean New Year's Eve itself, I, uh, said Mass and then went home and huddled up with my cold. Uh, but shortly after New Year's, on uh, later on on uh, the second of January, uh, headed out uh, with uh, two buses full of college students to head down to uh, uh, Dallas, Texas, for a uh, five-day conference uh, put on by Focus, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. Wow! Yeah, and so uh, we had about uh, about forty-five uh, or so here from SDSU and. Uh, some others in our caravan of buses, and uh, made a luxurious motor coach trip uh, <laughs> down to Dallas, Texas. So I can and think I of... I have to tell you, Dr. Bergwald. Yes, Father. I'm getting old. <laughs> I know, Father, but why do you say that? Well, just uh, because, uh, uh, just wondering, um, uh, just wondering about, or just feeling, experiencing like the weight of bus trips like that, uh, those were no problem. I mean, I did all these things all the time. Bus trip, no problem, you know. Uh, 20 hours on a bus, let's bring it on. This year, not so much. Not so much. My analog for that is um, overnight trip. Driving cross-country overnight uh, during college would drive uh, from central Minnesota to Ohio and would just you know, go through the night so that we could go through Chicago when it wasn't stop and go traffic. 
no problem. About seven, six years ago, tried to do that again. Uh, problem. That doesn't problem. work anymore. Problem. Time to get old. <laughs> so experiencing that a little bit, uh, driving down to Dallas, but had a great time with this. Um, this is a different sort of uh, conference. Like a lot, You hear a lot of different organizations, Catholic and otherwise, that do conference. This was a completely different sort of one um, down in Dallas. It was very exciting. So I know that because Focus, I don't know if it's every year, but they often do around the new year. As you said, this was actually after the new year. Um, but they oftentimes do a, a, a conference um, for, for those who are involved with, to some degree, another focus. But my understanding is this, this particular conference, national conference that Focus put on this year, was a, a little bit more, well, pun intended now that I think about it, it was a little more focused than previous Focus conferences. Yeah, uh, um, definitely had a stronger emphasis, uh, or a different emphasis than some other conferences. Uh, my past experience as a uh, chaplain with these sorts of conferences is that they're always kind of a razzmatazz, uh, razzle-dazzle, uh, definitely something that, you know, someone who's maybe on the borderline, you know, someone who's like, ah, oh, you know, I could really, I could be more involved in my faith, um, but, you know, I just, I'm not quite there yet, and maybe this experience will kind of push me through the door and get me to actually go to a Bible study or maybe, you know, go to confession for the first time and four years or something like that. Uh, and those, and those are great conferences, you know, uh, and they've got like big team, uh, some big name Catholic Christian entertainment, um, some big name speakers. Uh, and it's, it's really kind of high octane, right? You know, um, that's not much different than probably a lot of other conferences try to put on and organizations put on, uh, around the country and other areas of life. But this, uh, this conference this year was very different. How so? Uh, well, um, the whole point on this one was to really uh, take student leaders, take students that are already involved, and teach them how to be better leaders. Mm. These are students who desire to be leaders already. In fact, they called it a student leadership summit. It's kind of their, their name for it, student leadership summit. So these are students who are already in some way leaders or have a desire to be leaders of their peers. And uh, the desire was to equip them uh, and uh, uh, to build up and equip them for success back on campus. So, and just to be clear, so so with focus, the focus model, um, typically it's it's recent college graduates who who go through training to become campus missionaries, and they go back and 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 uh, do the work of proclaiming the gospel, et cetera. But then what they do is they 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 find people who to get involved in the Bible studies, and some of those people that is current students, undergrads, who become, uh, some of them become student leaders. So that these are these are students who are still in college and are involved in leadership, leading a Bible study or whatever. That's who this conference was for. Not, not just for the missionaries, but for those who actually are college students and are involved in, in leadership to some degree then. Right. Okay. Uh, and uh, uh, so students that are, that are already serving as peer leaders, in this way, students who, uh, I'd say probably maybe half of our students were already, if not more, were already leading Bible studies. Okay. And so uh, they were looking at the refinement uh, in that way, the refining of their work, their efforts, uh, to become uh, even better. Okay. 
Do they, out of curiosity, Father, do they have, I mean, uh, is there is there formal training or is it more of a, a apprenticeship uh, approach to to learning these student leaders? Is, is they more apprentice with with a mentor to become a student leader, or is there a formal training process that happens normally? Uh, it's more of an apprenticeship um, and informal training through a one on one relationship with someone else, kind of like which is really the apprenticeship model. Um, and they don't yell at them like in the uh, Donald Trump Apprentice TV show. You're fired! Yes. Um, but the, uh, uh, I don't think they do that. Uh, but no, it's, it's, it's really more informal. So that was kind of the great opportunity of this uh, Student Leadership Summit is to give them some formal training and practice okay. uh, while they're there. Practice? Um, yes. Ooh. So this is, and this is, goes to then the format. And was to me, it was the real exciting thing about uh, this this summit is that instead of just uh, you know sitting there passively hearing someone talk, uh, the point of the summit was to get them actually practicing and doing some of the things that they learned. Mm. Um, can I maybe go into some details? Please, how yeah. Set that up. And, yeah. Good. Uh, so what they did is we had about you know, two thousand students there. Uh, from around the country, from different college campuses, and they uh, assigned them randomly to small groups of nine. Uh, and so you had uh, uh, nine men, nine women in a small group. Uh, they would, like, if you had, uh, if you were an athlete, they maybe put you together just because you had some specific concerns, or if you're in Greek life, a sorority or a fraternity, they would have put you uh, in a small group, but still divided uh, men and women in that way. Uh, and then each of the, the three main days of the conference uh, in the morning, uh, we'd start with Mass. Good way to start your day. But, yes. Yeah. And, uh, and then there would be uh, three different sessions that would go on, and so your group of nine would split up and send three people to each of those three sessions. So there'd be a session each day on prayer, uh, a session on mission strategy, and then a session on small groups, or how to run a small group. Okay. And so your, your group of nine, you'd say, okay, Bob and Jim and Frank, you're going to head to the prayer one, and uh, 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 Chris and Tim and uh, uh, Jeffrey, you're going to head to the mission one, and the rest of us, we're going to go to the small group one. Okay. Okay. And so it'd be about an hour and a half session, and in that session, they'd teach you, and then they'd also teach you how to teach it. Ooh. Okay. Then you have a lunch break, and you get together in the afternoon in your group of nine. So had all these small groups. Some, I don't even know how many small groups there was. There was probably, well, um, close to 200 small groups. Um, and uh, they were all in this large ballroom with uh, chairs, so kind of uh, all jammed in together. But then they would then teach each other what they themselves learned. Mm. So if you went to the session on prayer, uh, Dr. Bergwald, you would then uh, teach your small group about Lectio Divina, or praying with uh, imagination in the style of St. Ignatius. Um, so you would teach that to your small group. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And so this is really exciting to me, because, you know, we've gone to these conferences before, we've spent money at these conferences before, of sending our students there. Uh, and they get excited, and it's great, but they don't always come back with, like, a tangible skill. Right. You Equ know? Equipped. Right. But here, I was, I, I was really excited that the goal was to bring, have each student come back 
confident and competent. Now, those are two exciting words. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Confident and competent. So confident uh, of, uh, hey, I can do this, and yep. competent. Uh, I'm able to. Can do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. Gotcha. So, uh, um, and, and, and I try to, you know, get my students excited about this and just saying, hey, you know, you're going to come back and, you know, we have 40 some of us here, you know, and nine total lessons, three days, three lessons going on each day, nine total lessons. Between the 40 of us, we should have all nine of these covered, right? Right. You know, you don't have to learn everything at this conference. You know, a lot of times they'll go to a place and, oh, there's so many good things. I don't know what to go to next, you know? No, you just have to learn one or two mm. and learn it well. So would they, out of curiosity, would the groups, would they stay in the track or would they cross-pollinate? What do you mean? Would they Would they stick with the prayer, just focus on the prayer? Um, no, no. So each, each uh, daily lesson, prayer, mission strategy, small group, uh, it, it didn't build upon it, uh, themselves for okay. the next day, so you okay. can go to a different one. Okay, all right. Yep. Okay. And how long would they, you said when they're all gathered in this ballroom, so I've, I've gone to an hour and a half session, how long do I have to teach my fellow small group members what I learned? Well, it was about a, uh, the afternoon session then was usually around, uh, it was three and a half hours or what long. Oh, okay. Okay. So good chunk of time. Okay. Because I've got to teach, but then I've got to hear from both other. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. I've got to teach and learn. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what, or go ahead. Sorry, I think I interrupted you. No, go ahead. So they they have this experience of 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 learning, hearing it, and then they practice by actually doing it. Uh, what? Ha, first of all, I guess a couple of things before I get to the the main question has has Focus done this sort of a conference before? or Was this new? Do you know? Uh, pretty much new. They they attempted one two years ago of a similar sort up out in Baltimore. Okay. Uh, but this is really, I think, a refinement of the method and the way of doing it. Okay. And then with this, you know, leaving the conference and the long bus ride back home, uh, did you have a sense that the students were both confident and comp- competent? Um, yes, I mean, to varying degrees. Sure. Of course, okay. And the student. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think so. And, and that's also part of the ongoing uh, work after the conference for those of us uh, in charge, for myself, my focus missionaries, is to keep, uh, you know, if you don't use it, you'll... Lose it. Right. If you don't use it, you'll lose it. And so to keep them practicing and acting on, uh, on what they have uh, and to keep it going forward in that way is going to be a, a big part of our spring semester. Okay. So I, if there is more about you know the, the the method, the conference itself that you want to share, please do. I, I am curious to hear your thoughts on takeaways from that and application of of that whole style, the, the equipping and so on, um, to to parish life, diocesan life. Mm-hmm. You know, in our diocese, we're we're definitely the whole idea of discipleship, evangelization, etc., going that way. Um, as as listener regular listeners know, we, we talk about those sorts of things a lot. Um, again, I, but I don't want to cut off discussion about the conference itself. So if there's anything else about that, uh, I'd love to hear. And then any any thoughts that you have on 
on on how this applies not just to, to um, college students at SDSU or, or USD or Northern in our diocese, uh, but how that can apply to all adults uh, in in normal parishes. Well, I, you know, I'd, I'd love to maybe get into more specifics of a few of maybe the content of things. Okay. But maybe first, uh, maybe talk about that general thing about uh, the style of conference, I think is what you're asking. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the style of conference and how that might impact us for the future. Well, I, I, now, I, I don't have a huge experience of other organizations, Catholic or Christian or otherwise, um, of their conferences. But to me, this really is uh, has a great potential to be a, a game changer in that way. You know, if you can, um, the idea that you could uh, train someone in one thing and train them decently well and get them to do that one thing, you know, uh, we just had uh, your your very your very office, Dr. Bergwald. My very office. Hosted uh, kind of two uh, separate day uh, conferences. Oh, right, yeah. Right, on encountering Jesus Christ yep. uh, uh, back in October. And in those conferences, again, it's kind of that standard experience of I sit down and someone talks to me and I leave. Yep. You know, and not there's anything wrong with that. Uh, but I think for conference organizers, so like if a diocese or a parish wants to organize something, we always think, oh, we just have to sit and statically receive it. Whereas this is something totally different in that way of actually like practicing and exercising. It took a lot of imagination and a lot of work to pull it off mm-hmm. and focus this part. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it is the type of thing you could do, and actually I've even seen some retreats a little more in this way, if you will, not so much maybe in teaching peers, um, but in a uh, in a similar sense in that way to uh, kind of doing things on a smaller level. Um, but so uh, I guess does, does that make some sense? It does. It does. Yeah, I just I, I find that very intriguing to actually structure. Oh, I mean, you, you you can you can give a workshop on you know leading small groups or teaching people, but actually structure a multi-day conference around that that method uh, is intriguing. Right, and uh, and I think it can be done uh, if you're willing to give it to a little trial and error. Um, then again, uh, anything that's worth doing is worth doing badly. Amen. But you, okay, so that was sort of jumping ahead. You said there were some specifics, Father, within the at the conference uh, that that you thought were worth uh, sharing as well. Yeah, um, so I think a couple things like the, the way that they think about things is good for our listeners to think about. Um, we've tied into some of these before, um, but in their uh, their sessions on mission strategy, uh, they have an interesting uh, idea in there about uh, gospel presentations. Now, gospel presentations is not something that we're kind of really familiar with as Catholics, but it's an important thing uh, to start to learn about. You know, do I know how to present uh, the good news of Jesus Christ to a friend? Right. Um, and so uh, uh, I, I was even thinking about this uh, before this conference in regard to my own work as a priest, you know, that there are times when uh, in marriage preparation or in conversation with the couple where I kind of, you know, tell them the story, if you will. Yep. You know, the Catholic vision of the full story of Jesus Christ. Uh, and you can see that kind of excitement in their eyes. You just, you know, it's one of those God-breathed moments. It's a blessed moment. It's an inspired moment by God. And you're able to just, 
you know, give the good news of Jesus Christ to someone. Have you had moments like that? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I just realized you know, that, there, that there was a major flaw in what I was doing. Okay. And the major flaw was uh, that I wasn't inviting them to pray. Uh, that makes sense? Yeah. What, uh, what could be gained, do you think, by asking them to pray? <laughs> what? <laughs> what, what could be gained by asking them to pray? Well, actually, instead of just talking about the relationship with God, um, entering into the relationship with God. Yeah. Or just tell them about the food, have them taste the food. That's that's a great analogy. Yeah. But look at this burger, isn't it? Look at the bun. I mean, look at that third of a patty of beef with that cheddar cheese melt. Doesn't it look good? Hey, here, how about you try it? <laughs> yeah. You know. But it's so funny. I think I think uh, yeah. you know, in some ways, uh, as we're talking about this, I just you know, I think because of TV and other things like that, we, we we've come very voyeuristic. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, just that we're used to watching all the time. We're never, we, we never do. Right. And so um, it kind of just gets in our bones. We can't help it in that way, so we have to fight against that. You know, so uh, I guess, you know, for myself, this conviction even before this student leadership summit was that, you know, the next time that happens uh, in a conversation in my office, is just take them and say, do you want to pray and just ask to meet that same Jesus? Mm. It's a simple invitation. Um, and so, dear listeners, you know, if you get in that sort of conversation with someone where you're able to just kind of present the faith and its integrity and its fullness and its goodness, and you feel some connection in the people you're with, just to make that simple invitation. Do you want to just pray and ask to meet that Jesus? <laughs> so, one of those things where it's, well, duh, but yet so easy to forget. Right. Well, okay. Right. And and we can go into, I could go into whole other, like, ruminations on this about our, our modern age and the death of the spiritual life, which is in, in which this is a, a symbol and expression of that. Um, but I won't. Okay. <laughs> Another time. Another time. You'll have to look for that uh, episode, dear listeners. Future episode of Ignition, a podcast for the new evangelization. Uh, another one uh, I want to talk about is uh, the idea of um, they called it a discipleship, or pardon me, they called it a depth chart. Yep, okay. Depth chart. <laughs> now, you, you've heard of the depth chart? I have. Before? Okay, what what do you know? I don't remember. <laughs> I've heard of it, but I've seen it before. But, well, okay, my recollection, Father, so feel free to correct me. I'd be, listener, please pay attention to Father's, any corrections that come, because I might be misremembering this. Um, just just for, for, the, for the value of when we're talking to people about the faith, just having an idea of where they're at. Uh, and, 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 and so we know, okay, this is where my friend John is, and, and having an idea of, of the next step to take uh, with him, trying to, 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 to lead him into greater faith, and then Mark, having an idea of where he's at, and so on. Is that right? Is that what that is? Right. A little bit, yeah. Just that in your relationship uh, with others, um, you know, uh, uh, in your relationships with others, you just kind of get a feeling for kind of where they might be in their faith life. And uh, not that you have to, like, label them, and you certainly don't want to be prejudiced against them in any way. Um, but uh, just to say, like, oh, you know, I know Bob. It seems like Bob goes to church, but I don't know if he, like, has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and the Eucharist and the sacraments of the Church. Um, 
that makes sense? Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, and also maybe think, but man, but Bob, Bob is a charismatic, infectious man. You know, people want to be around Bob, right? And so, gosh, wouldn't be Bob be a great aid uh, to the church if those natural gifts could be inspired uh, by the supernatural grace of Jesus Christ? Ooh. Right? Okay. And so, like, we think of different people in that way, that we just have our day-to-day connections. And so, um, maybe maybe a better way to say it is, it's your mission field. Okay. You know, so we start to get... Uh, uh, serious and interested in our faith, and so we um, we think to ourselves, um, well, you know, I wish I could go to, like, inner-city Los Angeles or the rainforests of the Amazon and, like, bring Jesus Christ to people. Well, there's people all around you who don't know Jesus. Absolutely. There's people in the pew next to you right. who don't know Jesus Christ. And so just to start thinking in that way, uh, start thinking about your whole life as a mission field, you know, and, and who do you think God wants you to reach out to more? Someone you've never met or the person who's right next to you? Exactly. And who's more likely to listen to you? <laughs> well, well, that's true. Gospel today. I take that back. Jesus is rejected by those in his own death. That's true. <laughs> yeah, so that doesn't always work either. No. But, um, but there is this notion that, okay, you know, I, why haven't I ever invited uh, my coworker who I know is a Catholic? I would invite him to go with me when I sneak out during Lent uh, to go to confessions, uh, you know, uh, during my lunch break. Why don't I invite, you know, my coworker, my neighbor to go to Mass with me yep. when I go to early morning Mass during Lent? Yep. Yeah, just those little invitations. Yep. But then not just to... Um, it's interesting that this practice is listed as a prayer practice, though. Really? Yep. What does that mean? Practical thing, it's a prayer thing. What can you elaborate on that? Certainly. So as you kind of like start to look at the world in that way, and if you want to, you know, write down these names and they suggest writing them down just to um, you know, you keep it to yourself, but just of like kind of keeping track and organizing your thoughts. And so but you, that you pray for these people mm. each day. Mm-hmm. You know, and to pray uh, specific graces, specific things for them each day. So maybe, you know, a co-worker who's in a, in an irregular marriage. You know, they had a divorce, they haven't gotten an annulment, and they got married again and got married outside the church. You know, so do you pray for them to have, have a way to regularize their marriage? Mm. Right? Rather than just, I pray for... God bless Bob. Yeah. Well, Maybe. no, you know... Uh, Lord, uh, bring Susie to uh, let her know of your love for her, because she doesn't know of your love. Bring yep. Susie to know of the importance of a sacramental marriage. But it's a lot easier just to pray, God bless Bob. You know, I don't have to think about him, actually, that way. Well, you know, whatever you <laughs> ask in my name, I'll give you. <laughs> um, and then, uh, uh, so just to be praying for them, but not to give up on praying for them, mm. you know? Um, and so it helps us learn that perseverance in prayer as well. Uh, one of my missionaries gives, if I can give a short little sure. uh, example, he talked about uh, he met some uh, wrestlers at the campus he was at uh, previously and invited them to his Bible study, and they said, sure, and so he sent them a text message the first night, and they didn't show, and the second, and the third, the fourth, and the whole year, you know, he sent them invitations every week, and they never showed, but he prayed for them every day. 
the next year came, and he showed up, and one of them comes up and says, Hey, thanks for inviting me all year to Bible study. I'm sorry I didn't go, uh, but uh, I want to start coming this year. And they did. And then, like, three weeks later, they brought he brought two friends. And, you know, two months later, those two friends brought three friends. Amen. Father, we're out of time. Yep. I'm going to let you wrap up. Well, dear listeners, uh, until next time, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.